We're very fortunate because this industry is an industry of making memories. We've gone through worldwide shutdowns, national shutdowns, local shutdowns. Before that, you've had the biggest recessions ever. And but whatever we go through, this industry of hospitality just always survives the test of time. And it is so in demand. It is so easy to get revenue from Airbnb, Booking.com. You've got all these spinning plates. And if the one spinning plate is getting revenue through the door and you can just go, that plate, that's covered by Airbnb. But the problem is, what happens when that plate stops spinning? What happens when you become over-reliant on that plate to bring in your revenue, then that's when the whole sort of table collapsed. And direct bookings has been around for way longer than any of these OTAs have been around for. And that's always been the test of time. We're all investors here, right? If I was to turn around to you and say, listen, I've just put 100% of my money into Bitcoin, you'd look at me like a little bit silly. And it's the same when you're growing a business. A diverse marketing strategy is going to be my big push for 2024. And when you've got many arms that are bringing revenue into your business, and if one gets cut off, you've got many others, which is exactly what every single business owner needs to be doing in 2024. What is up, everybody? We are back today with another episode of the Fetch It Podcast, and we have the UK King, Boosley boy himself, Mark Simpson. Mark, introduce yourself to everybody. Let them know what a, a pleasure it is to have you on our podcast today. Uh, well, thank you very much for having me. Thanks so with the accent. I'm from uh, from the UK. Uh, my name is Mark Simpson. I'm a founder of a company called Boosley, which is B-O-O-S-T-L-Y. Um, but yeah, uh, born and bred in England. Um, I, uh, I started off, um, in a, in hospitality and one of these rare breeds, I was born into this industry and, uh, tried my best to escape, but it clawed me back and back and back all these times. I've been in it now full time since 2011 with the family business, which we can dig into and, and, uh, yeah, started Boosley in 2016 and what now, seven years later, we've got, um, 2,500 customers which is amazing. We, we power 10,000 listings and we just crossed this year, $50 million in direct bookings tracked from our, our websites, which is, which is epic. Wow. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. So what like prompted you to want to uh, like get into this space and you know, whenever there is Airbnb, there is booking.com, there is Verbo, there's all these options out there. Why would somebody need to create their own direct booking website? Yeah. I mean, um, I always say this, we are very, very lucky in this industry. We have, um, Anybody who can start a business and you could, you know, take on board a property on Friday, you can take a couple of pictures, upload it onto one of the big OTAs and be pretty much guaranteed revenue the next week. It's just, it's just how it is. We're very fortunate because this industry is an industry of making memories. Uh, we're very in demand and we've gone through a lot over the last four years. Um, we've gone through worldwide shutdowns, national shutdowns, local shutdowns, the, the, the big virus that went everywhere. And, you know, there's, before that, you've had the biggest recessions ever. And there's always been something, you know, there's always something going on. But whatever we go through, this industry of hospitality just always survives the test of time. And it is so in demand. And like I said, we're very fortunate that you you can just start a business, put a put it, put that said business on a one website and be guaranteed revenue. You know, um, when I started Boostly, there wasn't a place that I could go and list my my website, my business on and be guaranteed revenue. I had to like drag people kicking and screaming to, uh, to, 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 to sort of build a brand and, and get people to become customers. So that's a blessing, but there's also a curse is because it is so easy to, to get revenue, uh, from say Airbnb, booking.com, Verbo. When you, when you start in a business, you've got all these spinning plates. And if you, and if the one spinning plate is marketing and like getting revenue through the door and you can just go that plate that's covered by Airbnb, that's sound. But the problem is, is that what happens when that plate stops spinning? What happens when you become over-reliant on that plate to bring in your revenue, then that's when the whole sort of table can sort of collapse or that's when the whole house of cards can come down. And 
direct bookings has has been around for way longer than any of these OTAs have been around for. You know, I've been I've been doing this for a long, long, long time. Um, I grew up in this industry. I was born in the eighties. Um, I came into it full time in two thousand eleven. And when I came into the business, uh, there, there, there was only in the UK booking.com Airbnb wasn't really a thing. They were just starting to get a bit of a bit of traction in in the states, and there was obviously Expedia. Um, but we had to have a very high source of direct bookings to be able to survive. And, and that's always been the test of time. Obviously, as the years have progressed, um, you know, I, I spoke about this at, at Houston at the event. We're all at a host con. I said Instant Book got very, very popular in 2016, 2017. When Instant Book became a thing, the reason why it became popular is because our buying trends the, the, the consumers buying trends changed because it, Amazon Prime was massive and everybody wanted to do uh, more purchases and have less faff, right? And before that, everybody was doing inquiry only. So I would find your property, I'd have to send an inquiry, an email or whatever and wait for a response before I could go ahead and make the booking. People wanted to buy like this and that's why Instant Book became so popular. And, and, and with Instant Book taking off, more and more people were just relying on that instant book through Airbnb, booking.com, Verbo, whoever they were with, the OTAs, to, to drive their resources. And I think it really properly kicked off in 2021, really got popular in 2022. But the way that Boostly is sort of rose to being so popular and sort of a worldwide brand is because there's been these little inflection points over time. And in COVID, there was a big one where, you know, um, Airbnb just shut down loads of revenue for, 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 for their host without telling them uh, that they refunded so many guests, doesn't matter what the cancellation policy was. That was one. And then there was, you know, there's other little circumstances like algorithm changes, categories changes, as we, as you all know about, as, as, as we all know about. And then more so now as they're getting bigger and bigger, there's things happening behind the scenes where the, customer service team are, ser are favoring a guest way more than a host for, for, for little things. For the, the biggest example that I just saw yesterday, I had somebody contact me. Um, they had their listing shut down because the guest reported a camera, right? And a camera in a property is 100% a no-no. We all know that. But this camera in question that the guest had complained about was one of these Amazon Ring cameras that's on the outside of the building, which is totally above board, which is totally fine. But without even contacting the host, Airbnb shut down the listing. They suspended it, right? And to get an un, to get a listing unsuspended, you've got to jump through so many hoops to do so. And this was a company, and this is a person who just had one property. They were starting to grow their management company. You know, they had a, a homeowner that they had to sort of appease to. And, you know, they were so 100% reliant on Airbnb, right? And this is this these little things happen time and time again. We, we heard stories at, at Houston, like Rob shared his stories and other people shared their stories. And it's not just a singular thing anymore. It's become more and more and more. So because of this, the host and the business owners, whether you're a, an owner who is then short-term rental or medium-term rental, or if you're doing the arbitrage model or the management model, more and more hosts now are like, right, this is my business. This is going to be my income. You know, this is, this is going to be something that is going to support me and my family, I need to build my house, not just on Airbnb's land. I need to be able to do this where I'm in control. So if, if for whatever reason, this arm of my revenue gets shut down, I've got one, two, three, four, five. Um, and that's literally why the rise of Boostly has been, because we've just been well-placed to be that go-to direct booking source for the last seven years now. It's phenomenal, man. Yeah, I, I've got my I've only got one, thank God, uh, like horror story of Airbnb and then customer service, like, you know, dinging me back. Um, 
So I had a, a guest. She was uh, a long, like I only do medium term rentals as of right now. And so this lady, she was there for six months and on uh, month five week, like three and a half. So she's like, basically you, her last week of staying, I get like six different shotgun messages saying this house is a death trap. What's going on? The electrical in here, there's going to be a fire, all this other stuff in all caps, 911, call me. So I call her up. She says there's a light flickering inside there. And so I send over an electrician right away, you know, like uh, uh, you know, certified electrician, you know, whatever big company that went over there. And he said, it's a fluorescent light bulb that's flickering, like fluorescent light bulbs flicker. That's, you know, it's what they do. Everything's fine. I checked everything out, had documentation of all of that. And Airbnb, without telling me, refunded her that entire month of staying there, which was $2,300. And I was just like, what in the heck is happening? And so that was, that was my first light bulb moment of like, okay, I need to start pulling people off of Airbnb as much as humanly possible. Yes, especially in like the MTR world, because I, I know I know like a few people who who do the MTR strategy, and it's really funny, like me, medium term rentals or whatever you want to call it. In in the UK, that's just that's just a stay, that's just a contract to say, that's just a, a long stay. But I know that the MTR uh, buzzword has become quite big over the last last year, and I've got to know a lot of people around it. And the more um, the more I chat to people in the states about it, the, the more I say to everybody, listen, you know, if you are going to go down the MTR route, you have to be good at sales and marketing. You have to be good at, at promoting your own brand because you know at the end of the day um when you're doing this and you're talking to say somebody in healthcare or somebody who's like a, an accommodation specialist who's providing for, for insurances or business or, or whatever you've got to do the old school way of promoting a business you know you have to be able to promote your brand showcase trust showcase that you are the best of the best and you know that's that's how you're going to do it so you need to have a very solid direct booking strategy from for, for, for the MTR one, which is really encouraging to me because there's so many more people coming into this world now. So the, the things that I talk about uh, just resonate so much more than maybe just somebody who's got one short term rental who's like, this is a bit of a hobby. It's not really going to be something that's going to, you know, be their second like primary source of income or the third or the fourth. Like the MTR strategy, this you have to do all this stuff because this is just how you separate yourself from everyone else. So yeah, it's yeah. exciting to see. Yeah, that was that was something I kind of noticed, um, like because I, you know, Furnish Finder is a big thing with within the uh, medium term rental space for healthcare workers. And so it's it, uh, not in and of itself an OTA. It's basically just like a classifieds where you can put your property. But, you know, it's known for healthcare nice. workers. But um that was whenever I started noticing that, you know, cause I had to have like a, a direct way for people to send me payments. So I like had to uh, quasi figure out a way to like put together uh, my own way of collecting payments and stuff like that. And then after that incident, I found myself trying to drag people off of Airbnb as much as humanly possible just to avoid another yeah. situation like that. And I've had a couple of things that have happened, like came up or whatever that like the guest, maybe if they had big brother, you know, standing over them, they could have squealed and tried to, you know, like uh, squeeze out a refund or something like that. When all reality, it wasn't that big of a deal and it shouldn't have got it and i was so happy that i had them you know like it was me controlling my business like you said instead of airbnb mm. uh you know holding uh, uh all the cards behind me you know you're 100 right you always feel like you have got that big brother looking over you and you so many super hosts in particular they bend to every whim because they don't want to lose that badge that they crave so much because they they you know I, as much as like airbnb has their faults there's something that they are amazing at and they don't get enough credit for their marketing and their pr team and their legal team yeah. are, are one of the best that, that, that's out there they put so much resources and revenue and, and into it and they don't get enough credit for it and the brand that they've built the marketing that they do they they literally have become the verbiage of short term rentals in America because of it. But the problem is, is you're right. You've got people that 
put everything into getting that super host badge and every single booking. I mean, up until they recently changed the rules where it was just, you know, one cancellation or you know, um, now it's 1% of cancellations. But if you get a couple of bad reviews, you could easily lose that badge. And people are so um, scared of losing it because they know the, the ramifications that it has in search that if a guest complains, they will bend to the every whim and the guests are getting savvy to this now. So the case of point, the one that you're going, she was like, right, I know I can, I can get back some money here. All I have to do is kick up a storm in the chat. Mm -hmm. And you know, she didn't call you. She Mm -hmm. messaged you in the app. She knew exactly what she's doing. It's like, um, it's like on, on eBay, you know, if you sell someone on eBay, you kick off in the chat and then you're more likely to get a refund on a, on a, on a product. You know what I mean? It's the same with, with Airbnb. It's the same with Uber. It's the same with Uber. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the Uber drivers, if they get, a, if somebody kicks off, et cetera, in the chat in there and they, and they contact Uber to say, Hey, listen, this driver wasn't the best. They're going to get a refund for it. They know how to play the system. Cause you know, if you give people an inch, they'll take them out. And, yeah. and that's the problem when you're building like not, like 50% of your business, but a hundred percent of your business through this one channel, this one resource. I mean, if, if we're all investors here, right, we're all investing in some way, shape or form. If you, if I was to turn around to you and say, listen, I've just put a hundred percent of my money into Bitcoin. You'd look at me like a little bit silly. What are you doing? And it's the same when you're growing a business, you put a hundred percent of your resource, hundred percent of your business is powered through one channel. That's the same thing. It's just different, different strokes. So yeah, I mean, my whole shtick is not to say, right, go cold turkey on Airbnb, go cold turkey on Verbo, go cold turkey on Booking.com. I'm just saying have as many viable marketing and revenue uh, streams as possible within your business. That's a diverse marketing strategy is going to be my big push for 2024. And when you do that, when you've got many arms that are bringing revenue into your business, then if one gets cut off, you've got many others, which is exactly what every single business owner, every single hospitality host, every single short-term rental host, medium-term rental host needs to be doing in 2024. I, I, I think that's beautifully said. And, and um, people that people think literally, you know, you know, I'm getting, a, I'm going to start an Airbnb. That's the way they talk new all noobs in the business. Unfortunately, I use that verbiage just, you know, in my day to day, because I know that's just like what, what, what people hear. But the problem is that it's playing into a really bad undiversified strategy to your point. My next question, I just, for the, for the new listeners and the, and the existing listeners would be, okay, say I buy into this multi-revenue strategy. We don't want to rely on one business to give us our revenue. We could get dinged that way. We could get suspended our listing. We, we could, you know, who knows all kinds of um, existential risk. My next question to you is how, how by using something like Boostly, do I know people are going to find my website and, and book something because, okay, well, I know that Air, Airbnb feels like magic. They're a marketing company, right? I put, I put it up on the, I put it up on the site and then magically people inquire and I get bookings and it feels like magic and that dopamine hits. And then, and once you get the money, it's over. So what would you, what, what's that, you know, one, two, three step process to ensure that people will find their website and, and book it and, and explain it to the, to the newbies in the room that are listening. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So the best way to describe it is even if you've got a direct booking website, right? You can put that direct, that direct booking website out onto the EFA, out onto Google and you're going to be reactive. Like every single Airbnb host is reactive because they're waiting for the ping. They're waiting for that adrenaline rush, right? But the best way to be a business owner, and again, I'm not talking to the hobbyist hosts here. I'm not talking to those where this is a third or fourth uh, 
revenue stream for them. It's like not at the top priority. Uh, I'm not talking to use. What I'm talking to is the Airbnb or the business short-term rental business owner. This is like your, this is your thing. This is what you're going to do. You're going to scale it. You're going to grow it. And this is going to be your main source of income. So when, when you do that and it, it, like you, you create a website, right? We create websites at Boostly. We don't just give you a website, right? Because I know that I could give you a Ferrari, right? But unless you've got the keys to turn it and turn it on to get from A to B, you're never going to get there, right? So we give you a website, but then what we also do is we plug you into all of our training. So we've got about 80 hours worth of, of videos that we have in a vault. Great. But I also know that without a little bit of a kick up the ass, you're not going to go and watch those videos because it's just like anything. If you see it there, you'll go, I'll get to it another day. Like I, uh, I'm a prime example of this. I um, absolutely loved and adored Alec Hormozzi's $100 million leads that he brought out uh, at some point this year. I think it's in September, right? He, he gave a free course on the back end of it. Everything is for free. No login. Go ahead and crack onto it. I was like, right, I'm going to watch every single one of those videos. 100%. I've watched one because <laughs> I've never had the kick up the ass to, to, to go and do it. So what we've done is we, we brought in this coaching and a mastermind. And every single month, we've got two calls going out. To Because I know from doing this from seven years now, when you've got accountability, when you've got an accountability buddy or accountability group, aka twice month calls, Zoom calls and check-ins, et cetera, then you're more likely to, 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 to stay on track to the roadmap. My roadmap for everybody is to get to 65% of your total business and revenue is coming in direct. 35% is through third parties, OTAs, right? Because when you do it that way, you've got a very solid foundation of your own business, but you're making the OTAs work for you and not the other way around. Mm -hmm. And so the way that we get you to 65% diary bookings is through website is number one. So you 100% need a diary booking website because you need to have a website that you are proud of but you could sh easily share the domain and be proud to be able to give it to a stranger. For example, if you were doing the MTR strategy, say that you, you're chatting to a healthcare worker, they're saying, listen, I'm staying at the motel Inn. it's crap. Oh, check out my website. You want to be proud that you're going to give that domain to her. She's going to land on that site and go, wow, this is professional. And you know, when I say that, you can't have a free website from a PMS. You can't have a, a Squarespace one that you've knocked up or a Wix one that you've knocked up. This has got to be done by a professional. This is why we do what we do because we know how, this system works inside out backwards. This, we are professionals are doing this, right? That's number one. <clears throat> number two is you've got to have a, a strong SEO game, search engine optimization, right? Love and, this. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's not easy, right? It's a, it's a medium to long-term play. If you want to have a shortcut, then that's number three, which is ads, right? Which is where you pay Google to be top of Google, or you pay Facebook to get in front of like your audience. Which, which, which one, which one do you see more when they go the ads route? Do you see them going the Google route, which is search based intent? I feel like maybe that's better. What do you think? Like, well, cause when, somebody... you, when you do Google ads, you are hitting the user at the point of buying. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, I know we're, we're asking, we're sort of framing this question about a noob. So I don't want to overwhelm a new, a new person in, in this game, because if you get overwhelmed, you won't do any of this, but there's, there's two, there's Google and Bing. We can't forget Bing with, with the rise of uh, chat GPT, open AI, which is obviously very heavily funded by Microsoft. It powers Bing. You can't, you can't rule out Bing at the moment, but uh, when it's Google or a search, search based pay per click, then that is at the point of when they're looking to buy when mm -hmm. it's on meta 
or whether it's on X or whether it's on LinkedIn, this is hitting people when they're in the social zone. No one hits on social media going, I'm going to buy something on this platform. They go on there because they're going to check in on friends, post an update, yada, yada, yada. So you're hitting them at the point of when they're browsing, right? So I, I personally, for Boostly, we do, we do all. We do, we do Facebook, we do Meta, but we also do a very heavy uh, Google game. And again, I, I, this is what we recommend for our, for our hosts as well. I wouldn't recommend a brand new going straight into pay, pay ads because they're going to waste money like there's no tomorrow. Um, it, paid search is a fantastic way of burning money, <laughs> right? Uh, but I've wasted right, so much money. I, yeah. I've earned so much money learning ads. It's crazy. Yeah, but you can also print money if you do it right, right? And so... What I, I first recommend to everybody is when it, SEO in, in the most purest and simplest way, bringing it back to SEO, the most purest, simplest, easiest way to make sure that your content is better than 99.9% .9 of everybody out there is just blog, right? It's super mm. simple. You don't have to worry about tag words and meta words and, you know, you don't have to worry about your site being crawled or anything like that. Just create content on your blog every single month. And there are some amazing AI tools that will help you get there. You know, you can't just copy and paste it and go job done. It will get you 80% of the way there and then you have to personalize it. But the best thing to do, let's just say, you know, you've got your properties in Fort Wayne, Indiana, right? And you create content based on who is going to be reading your website. So if you're MTR focused and you're focusing around healthcare workers, then you would be talking about great places uh, to visit on your day off from working at the hospital in Fort Wayne in Indiana. It would be vis-a-vis -vis essential things that we pack and put in our properties for healthcare workers, AKA blackout blinds, AKA takeaway menus, AKA whatever it may be, like taxis, taxis uh, to, 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 to the airport or whatever, right? That, mm -hmm. That's the blog that you would create content around. I'm not going to create content on your blog for these are the best places to go on a night out <laughs> because most healthcare workers are shattered, exhausted after working all those shifts and stuff. You know what I mean? So you create quality content that's speaking to the person that you want to read it. And if you do that every single month, if you do 12 in a year, you are doing more than 99.9% .9 of all websites that are out there. Because Google is exactly the same as Airbnb, is exactly the same as Facebook as it is to Instagram and LinkedIn. They just want fresh content. Right. If you set up an Airbnb listing and if you leave it stale for 13 months, your listing is going to go nowhere. If you set up a Facebook page and you post once, get bored and don't paste for, for 13 months, you're going to get no traction on that site. Google is no different. Right. And that's SEO. And what we do is we bring in the experts, our SEO experts, they come in and they coach and they show all of the hosts the simplest way how to do this. They show you the simplest plugins to plug into your system and all of that lot. Paper click I again. Sorry, I think that's amazing. I, I think that's amazing. I, I, most people don't listening may or may not know how how powerful that is. But just to add on to what Mark just said, if a piece of content or a few pieces of content ranks on the first page of Google, because most people don't scroll beyond the first page of Google, that's really saying it has to rank to the top. Yeah. It has to be written with some kind of awesome tool for blog writing and make sure you have the right words that sort of ranks over time higher and higher on that first page. That means people will find your site and book with you directly, avoiding all those Airbnb 14% maybe higher in the future fees, giving you the lion's share of the revenue and letting you control and you'll have their email address, their phone number, you can text them. You never, it's hard to get that off of Airbnb and Verbo. So that's what he means. And that allows you to be the king or queen in your 
domain, whether it be Fort Wayne, Smoky Mountains, London, whatever. Um, yeah. So I that I think that was people don't understand how hard it is to rank number one on Google. Then you broke it down in a simple way. So I appreciate you doing that. No, that's a pleasure. And, and I say this is not a short term play. You're not going to write a blog post and next week you're going to rank number one on on Google. This is is very much as a medium to long term play. And we know that, and that's what we talk about. And then again, it's same with pay per click. So we bring in experts and we go right. This is what we do. This is how you do it. We break it down simply and show everybody how to do it. And again, there are some amazing tools that that make ads and ad spend so much more cost effective. Um, and then the, the other one is email marketing. You know, I spoke about this at HostCon and, and I speak about it a lot. You've got to start building your database. One of the reasons why we were always averaging between 70 and 80% every year consistently direct bookings is because we had a very strong email list and a database that we were collecting over over the years and it got to a point where not only were we collecting email addresses we're also collecting postal addresses because yeah. every year from november the 1st to november the 30th every single day in november i would be writing out christmas cards to every single one of our guests that has stayed with us that year and then on november the 27th i would post them i would go down to the post box and you know every year my 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 uh, my bag, my mail bag got bigger and bigger. We'd send like 200, 300, 400 envelopes, Christmas cards to all of our guests that stayed with us that year. And the reason why we sent them on the 27th of November is that I knew that it would land on their doorstep on the 28th of November. So we were the first people to send a Christmas card. The first mm -hmm. Christmas card that you open means a lot. The 100th Christmas card that you open means nothing. So if you're the first person to send a Christmas card through the door, they're going to open it. They're going to get that Christmas buzz. And then they see it's from the granary and they see a little coupon code at the bottom that they can cash in before the 1st of January. Uh, we, actually, no, we, we did it for the 15th of January because those first two weeks of January is when everybody goes, where am I going this year? They shake off the New Year's hangover. They set their New Year's goals that they're not going to stick to. But then it's like, where am I going this year? And we would put that little coupon code that would expire on the 15th of January. We would have in the first two weeks of January about 40% of our revenue for the whole year just on those Christmas cards. Because again, we were doing, when everybody was zigging and trying to do online, we did offline, which was offline is king. We would get them through the door. We would tap in at the right time of the year, which is the back end of November, when everybody is hands in their pockets as well. Don't forget in, in December, people spend a ton of money. And in America, it's, you know, it's obviously straight after Thanksgiving. That's why Black Friday is when Black Friday is. Everybody's got their hands in their pockets ready to spend. And they spend more on things that they don't normally spend on at that part of the year. And then they were booking with us. And when they booked with us and when they booked direct, this is the cool thing is that you get the money up front. <laughs> you don't have to wait till after the booking or any of that nonsense. The money's up front. So yeah, we would, we would do that consistently every single year. And the only reason we could get there is because we had a database. How, how, how up front? did you get the money you get the money when they book meaning like they could have booked a few, like, yeah, how, they like booked. well they basically when they were booking the stay and again our avatar and you it all depends on the avatar was majority 50 plus right so they would send a letter back right saying hey thank you so much for the christmas card we would love to stay with you here's the dates book us in here's a check Right. And bearing in mind, Yo. love to send checks. You know what I mean? So That's okay. Check and saying just, just, just book us in. I come from a business. I just want everyone to know how crazy that is. Cause everyone's thinking from Airbnb when you get your money with Airbnb.com. But I came from a business. My family owned a big consumer product uh, distributor. 
And Walmart and Home Depot, they'd pay you sometimes 30 days after the product was delivered, 60 days after the product was delivered, and sometimes in Walmart's case, 90 days after the product is delivered. This is like the opposite. This is like way before the guest arrives. Even. Yeah, exactly. That's nuts. And, and obviously, <clears throat> for everybody, like we have a, a cancellation policy, et cetera, but we built that trust, right? We built that trust. And the, 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 as soon as you get somebody through your door, and as soon as they've had a good stay, they trust you, right? And, and humans, we, we know what we know and we like what we like. When we're younger, we like to, you know, dabble and we'll go, yeah, we're going to travel to here. We're going to travel to there. We're going to stay with these places. The older you get in life, you stick to what you know, right? There's people that I know that go to the same destination every single year. We stay at the same place because they can go to the same coffee shop, the same restaurant, go to the same beach, see the same people. And the, when you build that trust with somebody, then you've got them forever. So they were, they're going to send that check up front because it's like, yeah, sound. I know I'm going to have a great stay with you. I know you personally. I've chatted to you on the phone or, you know, we, we lived on site. So it's like I've met you and all that good stuff. So they were more likely in tune to do that. But even if you're a newbie, you can still do this. But you've just got to start to build that list, right? If you watch, and which is the next point, point number four, which is social media, you have got to grow your business and your personal brand, right? You do that by documenting your journey, you know, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, you just document, 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 like building the A-frame, document that, building this, this business that you're doing, you document it. I've got countless of hours of videos of me building Boostly. I just yesterday, I was showing my kids, I've got four kids. I was showing my kids one of the first videos I recorded back in 2016 when it was just uh, the eldest, Alfie and and um, and, and Charlie, the second eldest, and I was just doing a random video because I save all of my stories, I save all of my shots on, onto my go phone, it goes onto Google Photos, and we're able to document that and show that. And people have been along the journey all the way from the start of Boostly, and I've built that brand that way. And the the, the host that I see who do this the, the best, Rob Abasolo is one of them, right? He has documented his startup from getting into the short-term rental game from day one. And you can go back on his YouTube channel now and he's, he's got a beautiful documentation. And like he said on stage at Houston, he said, you do it all, you document everything. And then one day you stood on stage in front of 400 people showing that story. And it's so true. Even when you're a property number one, absolute newbie, even when nobody's watching, record it, document it, because it will compound over time. And that's how you build that no like, love, trust factor. People and, love to buy from people, right? And, and that's just what and, we do. And you talk about trust a lot. If somebody can can find your day one, when you're when you're on stage, they'll have less suspicion of who the hell is this guy on the stage. You, you go all the way back, go let your Instagram highlights, go look at your first YouTube video. Oh, this guy really was in the gutter, like like building it up from day zero. So I love that you have that in Google Photos, and we definitely believe in that, David yeah. and I. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, like Brandon Turner always says, he says, you know, like people like to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so that he's talking a little bit more on like probably a high level, but if you're going just from a consumer and, you know, producer standpoint, if you will, like somebody, like if, if I had the option between two different properties that were identical, but I could go and I could find this, you know, both properties on Instagram even, but one property was just like five photos of the property itself that were also on Airbnb. And the other one was like, uh, you know, Yoni building his M frame down in Tennessee. And I got to see him build it. Then I get to go to the property because i feel like i know yoni now like that that's a no-brainer mm. i would choose that every single time 
Well, even if you're a, an absolute newbie and you're right, people know, like, love and trust and Brandon Turner's 100%. It's not just on a high level, it's on a low level as well. When you first start your business, you've got one of the most powerfulest marketing machines that you don't use, and that's your phone. You've got your contact list, right? I guarantee you can go on your phone book and you've got maybe 100 names in there. Now, those could be ex-co-workers, people on the school run, could be people you play sports with, could be somebody you've met at an event or wherever. You could message those 100 people and say that your property is in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's like, hey, do you know anybody who's got a place to stay? I was like, so do you know anyone who needs a place to stay in Fort Wayne? And you could just send that to 100 people, right? And I guarantee you one person will go, actually, yeah, I do. Because mm -hmm. especially if you're messaging somebody local, right? Mm -hmm. They could have family coming from, uh, from, from out of town for the holidays and they don't want Aunt Jane staying with them, but they need a place to stay. That's one buddy. It could be somebody who is, uh, knows a coworker who needs to come into the town or the area. And it's like, yeah, they need a place to stay. You, mm -hmm. you, you're at your most powerful when you're just starting out because you've only got to get ahead on one bed, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> As literally is that I said this at HostCon, if you've got one property, let's just say your average day is a week, then in a year, you just need to get 50 people. There are 3 million people who make bookings on Airbnb every single day. And you've just got to get 50 of those over a course of 12 months. It's, it's, you are, you know, it's, it's the most advantageous that you're ever going to be because you can start this and you can grow this and you can do it meanfully. Because I started helping people that have got 40 properties and they have never done a direct booking in their life. And it's so much harder for me to help them 40 properties in because they've got this spider web of a system set up and if I can come in at somebody at property one, because they've just got one property, one business, and it's one place that we have to sort. And then you can build that solid foundation. This is why my book was called The Book Direct Blueprint, because it's all about building a solid foundation at property number one that will help you scale and grow to 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever you want to get to. Yeah. And, and while we're, while we're on the, the note of, you know, like newer people, cause it was, I, 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 I myself would be one of them whenever I first heard about this, you know, like a year or two ago, something like that to where it's like, Oh, you know, I'm too early on. I don't need all of this, you know, like I'll just be on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. I don't need all of this. But then whenever you start uh, talking a little bit more of like nuts and bolts, and whenever you start talking money, that's whenever people really start paying attention. And so before we hopped on here, we were talking about how Airbnb, you know, if they get a, you know, a monopoly of the market share, there's things that they could do that can massively impact people's bottom line. So, and mostly that comes from the percentages that they're taking. So you mind touching on that? Yeah. So there's two models on Airbnb. Um, you either do 3% commission to Airbnb and then the guest plays a service charge or you just pay a flat rate 14%. Now for a lot of new people who are coming onto the platform, uh, you haven't got an option. If you're going to connect it up to a certain property management software, Oh, there's so many different variables now. You're just paying that flat rate. But for a lot of people, they're coming into this, they're paying 3%. And just to give a bit of context, the, the minimum low end on Verbo, VRBO, is 15%. Booking.com is 15%. Um, I think it's only a matter of time. And this is my opinion, obviously, not like fact. But it's my opinion, only a matter of time until that 3% goes away. And I can see it already um, because I was on a listing just a couple of weeks ago and just underneath the price, there was a big, uh, in red, uh, right. And it says, uh, you do not pay the service charge by staying with this host. Basically the host is paying your service charge. And this is the same sort of messaging they were bringing out when we're talking about instant book and, and inquiry mode only when they flipped from inquiry mode only to instant book, um, they were pushing heavily 
instant book in their search. So if you offered instant book, you would be higher in the search, right? And it's yeah. the same thing that they're doing right now at the point of recording with cleaning fees. If you don't have a cleaning fee, you're higher with search. And so I think the next natural step for Airbnb in this thing that they're moving to the next evolution of Airbnb is they're going to eradicate the service charge fee and it's going to be a flat rate of 14% to the host. And, you know, the stats are there. The, the prediction is by the end of 2024, they are going to have 65% of the whole market, which is huge because in 2017, they had 15% of the market. And if that continues to grow, then what is stopping them from turning around and turning that 14 into 15 or 16%, 18%, 20% and more? Mm. And yeah, the answer it's... is there isn't. So this is why it's more important than ever that we as hosts, whether you're one property or 10 properties or 40 properties in, you start to make sure that you are got a diverse marketing strategy. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, cash flow is tight enough as it is right now. With, like you said, time of recording, it's like eight or 9% interest rates right now. And so yeah. people are struggling just to, you know, get something to where it's making sense. And so then if you've got that and you're somebody that's new, you're like, all right, I've been wanting to jump into Airbnb or doing short term rentals for a while now, finally deciding to do it. And then six months down the road, all of a sudden, 5% of your gross revenue gets wiped out. That could make you cash flow negative on your property. And so that could be a huge, huge deal. So you need to be able to have something like this in your back pocket to where you're diversifying yourself and you're keeping more of your own cash instead of giving it to somebody else. Yeah, 100%. Well, every time you can do that, yeah, the, the more direct bookings you can get, the more cash flow you can get. And again, I spoke about on stage about building multiple revenue streams into your business so that you can, even if you're in one property, you can build in these multiple revenue streams coming into your business. Every single booking that comes in, you're just adding in more revenue per booking, which ends up having the PL a lot more nicer. And then it gives you that extra revenue to go and dabble in property number two, three, or whatever else you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's kind of uh, like a next step, next big things for Boostly? Uh, I don't know if we got into this uh, too much. We, we talked for just a short bit at HostCon, but like, what's kind of some new things coming down the pipeline that people can expect from Boostly in like, you know, maybe 12, 24 months or so? Yeah. So the next big thing that we want to do is we just passed that $50 million revenue that we have uh, achieved for our websites um, in 2023. So the next natural step is to get that to a hundred million. That'll be a big landmark. It'll be a huge landmark. And it's one that we can then take to press. Um, the reason why we take these things to press is because we want to change the narrative out there. Um, like I say, Airbnb marketing team, branding team, they are phenomenal. But the problem is, is that because they are so good, they have changed the perception of what a short-term rental is because everyone talks and says, listen, I'm staying at an Airbnb because it's just, and hosts say I'm an Airbnb host because then the Joe public, Joe Schmo will know what they're talking about. What we are trying to do here is to sort of show the world that, you know, this industry isn't just Airbnb. We are not just Airbnb. We are short-term rental hosts, hospitality hosts, whatever you want to call yourselves. And by showing that the direct booking movement has got such a big uh, backing behind it in terms of revenue and numbers, a hundred million looks really cool. So that is what the goal is next year. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm very fortunate. We've now got a team of 52 people at Boostly. So I've just hired a, a managing director because they take all of the day-to-day -day business away from me, which means I can just focus on these big, big goals, big audacious goals. That's that's gonna, you know, make sure that the book direct movement gets a ton of attention. Which, you know, I was very fortunate this year. I was able to come and speak at STI Wealth in America, which had a thousand people in it. I'm gonna go back in February, which is gonna three thousand people this time. And bigger pockets had three thousand people, and 
and HostCon and another events that I've been at where I've been able to talk about these sort of things. And I, every time I go to these events, I come home just like lit up because I can just see so many people having aha moments while I'm stood on stage. And that's cool because I'm not going to be able to do this by just me. I need every single host to buy into this. And then they have to go and educate your guests as well. Because when you can, if I can get a million people say to educate their guests, then this is really how we get distraction and, and, and this movement sort of really firing. So that at the end of the day, when there's um, somebody talking about a short-term rental and they say short-term rental, I go, oh yeah. And they won't just instantly go, oh yeah, you mean Airbnb. That's, that's the goal. That's how we do this. I love that. That's amazing, man. So, um, oh crap. I just thought of a question that I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, um, where was I going? I can't remember. Well, um, for, oh shit. I had it. I had it. It was so good. I knew where I was going to go after that. Um, oh, I know. So the Airbnb bust, you probably know better than just about anybody, you know, like, oh, our short-term rental is still a good investment because you deal with high level short-term rental investors all day, every day. And so what is your opinion on the Airbnb bust? Let's get the Mark Simpson take on it. Yeah, no, Airbnb bust is, is nothing. It's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's the media and everybody knows what the media does. Right. Um, they, they love drama. They love to do all the things that media do right now, more than ever at, at the times they are in the world. Right. And so with that being said, Airbnb bust is not a thing. All that's happening in this industry is it's been a correction, right? Mm -hmm. We're back to 2018 levels, 2020, 2021 short-term rentals took off. Why? Because there was millions of people who couldn't go on cruises. There were millions of people who couldn't stay in hotels because of all the things that was happening at the first part of this decade. Right. And where were they naturally going to go? They had money. They wanted to go and travel vacation rentals, short-term rentals was where they went. And so because of that, there was a massive boom. Prices were at an all time high. So many people were getting into this market. So many people were having an amazing time. 2021 happens, 2022 happens, borders start to open, world travel starts to open. Um, you know, uh, the, the most traveled two destinations this year from Americans is Cancun and London, right? So the world borders are opening, right? And Americans are, are, are traveling, the world is traveling again, right? Back to normal, no restrictions. And because of that, the price of a short-term rental is lowered, right? And it's not gone negative it's just gone back to normal and that's what's happened it's gone back to normal and yeah. this industry is fine it's going to thrive at the moment we're at this real mad sort of stalemate there's a lot of gray and the reason why we're at gray is because no one wants to really publish their numbers because it's not as good as what it were last year you know? <laughs> and so um, yeah exactly but there's loads of people who are thriving and there's loads of people that are doing really well. And the ones that are doing well and the ones that are thriving are the ones that are building a brand, who are building a, 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 a consumer base of super fans. And they are doing it very well on social, on email, on SEO, and um, pay-per-click as well. And if you want to be a noob who wants to get started and who just wants to have like a real good eye of this, like say $100 million leads, Alex Hormozzi, I couldn't, I, I could never have, I mean, I've, I've written two books and I am embarrassed at the books that I put out after reading that book and hundred million dollar offer is good, but lead is unbelievable. And it's great a great book. way of documenting how to start a business in 2023, 110%. That do you know anyone tactic that I, I, I mentioned on the podcast? I've been talking about that for years in one chapter of his book. He, he smashed it out the park. 
I, the referrals one is just insane. And he just literally, that warm leads one is, is 100% now. And he, he goes that deep dive on that. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I know you like asking for book recommendations. That's going to be my one is the $100 million <laughs> leads. Yeah, we. Uh, the, the reason I asked that was because I actually watched a video this morning. It was uh, Rob and Avery Carl. They had a short little YouTube video they did together. And uh, they were talking about Airbnb bus as well. So I was just wanting to get your take on it. She was like, nobody, they were at a different conference. I think it was actually STR Wealth Conference. And she was like, nobody at this conference is talking about Airbnb bus. At least nobody that's playing at any sort of a high level. Nobody cares about that because everybody knows that the cream's going to rise to the top. And so if you're somebody who cares about your business enough to want to have a direct booking website to want to be in the hospitality management business to want to be able to collect data and be able to like send out christmas cards to people you're going to be fine you're not worried about the airbnb yeah. it's all the people that are like oh yeah i bought this whatever house somewhere because somebody told me it was a good idea and now i have to actually talk to people like what the hell so yeah i love that answer what's going to happen next year and this is sort of again putting our little mystic meg prediction hat on is that regulation is going to shake out a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of people who got into this in 2021 and 2022 who, you know, saw the YouTube videos and, you know, signed up for courses and were like, this is it, right? Maybe half watched one video, dove in without doing any proper research or due diligence. You know, they didn't tap into AirDNA, they didn't tap into the amazing resources that are out there, got a property and now regulations come in or maybe they've just gone, you know what? I'm fed up of answering messages from guests, <laughs> you know, you know, I've got six years of this. I, I, you know, every single question that could have been asked was asked many, many times over. So I know exactly what they feel like and they are unmotivated. And what's going to happen is, and again, um, there's, there's a couple of companies are doing this very well. They're, they're going to get bought out. They're going to sell it or do whatever. And I know a lot of property management companies who are selling and other management companies are buying. And it's that point of when, when people are fearful, you'd be greedy. Right. And if you're ready to be greedy, go out because there's so much opportunities moving forward in 2024 for that. So regulation is going to shake out a lot of people. It's going to shake out the bad actors. It's going to shake out the people who aren't hospitable. Because at the end of the day, we can do all of these fancy tactics. We can do all of these fancy things. But with the industry that we are in, if you've got an amazing bed, if we have an amazing night's sleep, and if a guest feels welcome, you will nail it. And it's as simple as that, right? Of all the fancy things you can do, you can make your properties as Instagrammable as possible. But if you've got a shit night's sleep, you're done because reviews absolutely make or break this place. But if you've yeah. got a good night's sleep, if you've got a guest that makes them feel welcome and, and hospitable, because this is a hospitality industry, then you will nail it. And everything else that you do is a bonus on the top of that. Yeah, it's it's hilarious whenever you you say how simple it really is. The, it, basically, if you get those two things, that's all you really need. But then there's so many people that like they uh, they they're more the analytical side than like the personal touch side, and they're like, oh no, all these numbers make sense inside my brain, and then oh, I can automate all of my messaging, so I never have to talk to a guest ever <laughs> again. And then they're like, why in the hell is nobody booking, or why am I getting bad reviews? And it's like at the end of the day, like what this all started out as, like whenever you you know way back in the day with your family business of like you know having a bed and breakfast and like communicating with guests and like this is a business to where you you will have to communicate with people or at least somebody you hire will have to communicate with people and so you have to make sure that you have you know a good system in place for that it's not just you know like you're you're setting and forgetting i, I i've I've now more than ever and again i can become a bit complacent with this with boostly as we have grown like we've got 2500 customers now but i've always got the core background of me is my persona is hospitality i am used to being woken up at 10 o'clock at night I was, I was fast asleep. We had a guest wake us up and they, they, they couldn't put the TV on. And I literally, I, I will always have that in the back of my bones and customer support and customer service is going to be the most key 
part of marketing that you can do in 2024. I can just see it with the emergence of AI robots. Mm. Everybody now wants every single one of their customer support staff to be an AI robot. But when everybody zigs, you zag. And I can see this clear as day. I look at what the other vendors in the space are doing. I look at HostAway. HostAway put in, they just had a $175 million um, um, acquisition this year. And they're putting a lot of their money into customer support and care. Guesty do exactly the same thing. They put a ton of money, time and resources into customer support. And if these two big Goliaths of our industry, the big property management software companies, that's what they're key focusing. And it's, it's got to give a very big indicator to the rest of the industry. This is where we need to go. And so for us at Boostly, I was going to be one of the key things that we are going to invest in next year. And this is all bootstrap. So I've got to do it like within budget, but I haven't got $175 million lying around, but we are going to put a big, part and chunk of what we do into making sure that our customer support is like always 95% like customer support satisfaction ranking. Because I know that if we do that, our customers, our members, our supporters will be our, we are biggest fans. And so, and again, it comes down all the way down to the noob. If you can show that guest that you have given them the time and day and that hospitality aspect of what you do, then you will win time and time again. Even if it is just a little welcome note when they check in with a little welcome gift, whatever it could be, you know, it could be a very small gift. It could be whatever you want it to be. That's showing that you're hospitable. Uh, there's something I talk about where I say, and you should call every guest, right? If you've got one property, you literally have to just do one phone call 24 hours after the point of booking, call them and just say, Hey, thank you so much for your booking. It's, we we are very lucky, but we get the phone number still from Airbnb. Uh, again, I can't believe it. They haven't taken that away because when you call them, especially in the MTR world, they they're booking for like seven days because they want to test you out. Right. Mm -hmm. You drop a call in and say, Hey, it's Dave. I'm just calling from dad. I just want to make sure that you're all good. I see you've done a week's booking here. I just, just wanted to find out why you come to the area for, Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working at one of the five hospitals that you've got there in, you know, in your little area, da, 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 da. I'm going to be there for a week. I'm just, uh, just checking out the scene, see if I'm going to be sticking around for a bit longer. Fantastic. That is literally for a salesperson as I used to be, that is like music to my ears. I can go, Oh, absolutely. So how long are you looking to come to the area for? Where are you working? Who placed you? Uh, is there anybody I can contact? Cause I'd be, I'd be literally using that little phone call to find out so much about that person, but there's going to be so many more op opportunities that open on the back of it. And it's from a phone call because we are yeah. now in the world where everyone just wants to do DMS or, mm -hmm. you know, voice notes. <laughs> so if you, or pings. <laughs> so if you can, uh, if you can actually pick up the phone and be a human, you will win time and time and time and time again. Yeah. It's funny. I actually, uh, that was at the forefront of my mind was you, whenever I listened to you, I think it was one of the first times I'd listened to you. Uh, you said that about making phone calls to people. And my first gut reaction was, Oh God, I don't want to call people. And yeah. then I was like, no, you're being a shit host, David, you know? <laughs> and now I I've started doing that, especially like, like you said, medium term rental world, because you have to be you know, you're, you're hoping to rope somebody in and like, I want to actually vet them too. I want to make sure there's somebody I want to stick around. And so now 100%. I've gotten to the point to where like, if somebody books with me, I will make it a point to call them and I'll talk with them. It's kind of like, you know, figure out what's going on with them. And, uh, after you do it, you know, the first handful of times and it's not so bad, just like anything else, but yeah, I, I was thinking about that. If you had, you know, one property and if you wanted to be a, uh, the, top ranking person in your entire market, if you would call them up, like you said, 24 hours after the guest checks in and just say, Hey, how's it going? Anything I can do for you? Is there something I could, you know, Uber eats over to your house that you need or something like that? Just whatever those small little things like it, it is a 0% chance. You're not going to get a five-star review out of that yeah. person and look, took you 10 minutes to make a phone call. 
sometimes you have to do things that don't scale. And the prime example of this, which is obviously Airbnb, when I, I, I love their journey, I, I love listening to their story. When they were at Y Combinator, um, they were Paul Graham sat them down and just said, Hey, what's going on? And they were like, No, we're not sure where it's going, yada, yada, yada. And they're like, Well, where are your guests? Where, where are your hosts? Sorry, where are your hosts? And they said, New York. So he said, Fly to New York and go and meet them. And they flew to New York and they met every single one of them. And they took their own, they took their pictures that were on the site because they said, Oh, the hosts aren't really putting the best pictures up. It's crappy quality. So they went and took pictures and they did things that didn't scale. And that's Airbnb, which is now the Goliath that it is. And, you know, we can adopt that into what we do. Sometimes there's things you're going to do in your business that isn't scalable, but those are sometimes the things that will build super fans and people that will recommend and refer you time and time again. Again, at the end of the day, we can do all of these fancy tactics, but 93% of all purchases in the world are on the back of social proof. Mm. There's no better social proof than me picking up the call going, hey, go and stay here. They're epic because of X, Y, and Z. You will not beat that hands down. And, well, and another and another point, if you call them, you can get their email address and then build your thing. Call them a- after, before, and be like, hey, like, you know, love to stay in touch, da-da-da-da. And then, boom, you know, yeah. you start building your list, which was your earlier recommendation at the top, top of the thing. So if you call them, show you're thoughtful, get, you know, you might, you might get a five-star review out of that. Plus, you can get their get their email, which I think is the most important long-term thing. Yeah, and then voila. And then you get the, the direct booking down at the end of the way. Yeah. But like uh, talking on the social proof, like you said, like I, I will walk through the store. Like if I know I need to buy something and I'll walk through like Walmart or somewhere and I'll be like, oh, I need to get X, Y, Z. And then I'll be like, wait, I'm going to go look it up on Amazon quick and see what the reviews are on this. It's like we're, we're so like um, primed to like, yeah, have social proof of proof of something. So, yeah, mm. if you can get a way to help facilitate that, then you're, you're going to be golden because, you know, reviews are everything now. Well, you know, what's even better than that, which is what a lot of these influencers and YouTubers have tapped into. They'll just create their own products and sell them in Walmart, like the Feastables from uh, yeah, Mr. Beast. And my kids are all about unspeakable. So they've got obviously the fruit blocks. And so again, influencer marketing is key and they build it through trust and they build mm-hmm. that trust through creating social media content consistently and build an audience. And so again, for a noob and you're thinking, well, what does that got to do with me? Well, try and look to see what social media influencers are in a three mile radius of you who fit your narrative, who fit your niche, you know, with like the A-frames, you can get some real cool Instagram content creators, et cetera. You know, there's many people who've made a living out of that. You invite them to your property, you get them to become your content creators and they will become your marketing machine because they've built up their audience already. And when you work with an influencer, if you've got it down right, 100% of those bookings that come in are direct because they can drive them to anywhere you want them to drive to. The biggest mistake I see people make is when they work with influencers, they drive them straight to an Airbnb listing. To me, it's bananas, but that's for another podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah. So Joe, before we we're dive into personal questions after this, we're about ready to go over time already. But um, like, how how is a good way to have an influencer come in? Like, how do you, what, what, how would you suggest that conversation goes? Or how do you like, what terms do you associate with it? Because I could see somebody getting burned pretty easily that way. Yeah, 100%. And so first and foremost if you when you start to get popular on instagram you're going to get people reaching out to you hey i'd love to come and do a a, a collab they call it collabs right uh, easiest thing to do when you start getting to that level when people are messaging you just email back and you can have like a little 
note saved in your phone. You can copy and paste it every time, or you can do a canned response. And I have a canned response because we get so many emails every single day about this topic, right? The canned response is an automatic reply saying, sure thing, send me through your media kit. Literally is that sure thing, send me through your media kit. I'll have a browse and get back to you if it's of interest. And mm -hmm. that is a great way of separating 90% of the crap and the chances who have just created an Instagram account, bought a load of followers and go, you know, what? I'm going to get free stay here. <laughs> do, they, so do, do they, do, do they send you the, that, you know, there's a company called media kit that do they send you their actual media kit from that company with like all this stuff on it? Well, this is the thing. You've got to be able to read it as well. So if, you, if they send back a media kit, right, which is yeah. properly done, right? And again, instantly by having that barrier, you eradicate 90% of people, but there'll be 10% who send for a media kit, right? And that 10% who send a media kit for you, you've got to read them, right? Because instead of reading a thousand messages, you're going to read like five, right? Right. And so uh, from, from those five people, you'll go, yeah, you're good, not, not good. And then uh, the next step is just to get up a phone call, pick up the phone or a Zoom call and have a chat with them. And basically the way that you present it is that um, it's like a, it's like a job. So when you hire somebody on Fiverr or when you hire somebody locally or you hire somebody virtually, however you do it, you have a, a contract as in, this is what I want. This is what you're going to get. And it's just a, an agreement on that. Right. And so the way that I like to have it is I have something in black and white, right? You can set some up on PandaDoc. You can draft some on Google docs, but what you should be looking for would be, um, Whatever your variables are going to be, it could be uh, some stories. It could be a post because a story is great, but a story expires after 24 hours, right? Mm. So it could be a post, which is great because that's evergreen. Mm. Um, it could be that they, if they're good videographers, so they're really good at content, it could be a video on your YouTube channel, or it could be a video for our YouTube channel. It could be drone shots, you know, if you've got all that, you've got to basically drop your variables and you've got to say what you want. So it's in black and white. The worst thing that you can do at this stage is be great. As in, mm. yeah, come and stay with us. Do what you want. No pressure. We're, we're so chill. You can take a picture if you want, but don't worry about it. Right? Mm. That is awful. Because yeah. for them, they don't know what to give you. And they end up producing something that you don't want from them. Right? Mm -hmm. So you have very clear black and white. Some of the best influencer stays that we what? did and some of the best ones that we've seen within our community is when there's a clear call to action at the end of the stay. So it could be a giveaway saying, hey, I've stayed here and the owner, I asked the owner to uh, do something really special. And, you, and when you know this world and you know how this works, any YouTube video or YouTube ad or podcast ad that you see read out, you, you'll be able to spot through the bullshit time and time again in the script, right? But it's like, hey, I've stayed here, right? I've spoken to the owner and I said, hey, let's do something amazing for my crew, for my audience, for my followers or whatever name that they give them, right? Like the Swifties or whatever, right? And it's like, right. So um, he's agreed to give us a two-night stay. But to get this two-night stay, you have to like my page, like their page, retweet this, share this on your stories, tag us in, right? Uh, yada, 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 bullshit, 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 right? But then that's a really good call to action at the end of the stay because the people who follow this person, whatever product they promote, whatever thing they tell you to go to, they will go to it because they have built this no like love and trust factor with this influencer. Right. And it doesn't matter if this influencer has 1000 followers or a hundred thousand followers. There are people that are following them for a reason, right? I've done this. I, I am a massive fan of Noah Kagan, uh, the guy from, uh, AppSumo. I love Noah Kagan. I love that guy. Love and adore that guy. Right. And I, 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 I am one of his super fans. I'll be the first in line when he brings his book out. Um, or whenever he talks about something, I, I will go ahead and, and absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so when there's these influencers that are following these people and they go and stay at your property, they are going to be more in tune to, to take action at the end of it. So if you've got a clear call to action into the stay, phenomenal. It doesn't have to be a giveaway. You could do a coupon code, whatever you want to do. Um, but the most important thing you've got to have it crystal clear. This is what you're going to get. And this is what I'm going to get. And you both sign off on it. And the other thing that you could do, which is another hack that so many people don't do, is you build out an itinerary for that influencer when they're staying with you. So mm -hmm. you could go and rope in other business owners in the area. It could be like a river rafting or it could be, you know, um, model making, whatever things that's in Apple your area. In the fall, yeah. yeah, all of those cool things. Could be a photo shoot, right? All those cool things that you could do, you could tap into, right? And you could build that itinerary for them and you can tag those local businesses in along the way because at the end of the day, if you've got somebody that's coming to stay with you and you can build out their itinerary for them, they're going to love you for it. It just makes your life and their life so much easier because it makes their content so much pop, so much better. And the, the best final thing that you could do when the influencers left, send them a nice little message, send them something in the post and just say, hey, if you know anybody else in your world, on your followers, in your peers, who would love to come and stay with us, who is as cool as working with as you, please share my contact details. Please introduce me because I'd love to work mm. with them. And again, it's that, do you know anyone? Because the influencer content creator world is as incestuous as any other business world. They all know each other. They all follow each other on Instagram. They all chat to each other in WhatsApp, DMs, et cetera, et cetera. They all go to the same conferences and the events that they go to. And so they will know somebody. And then again, yeah. if you can work with one influencer well, imagine working with 10. Yeah. That's, That's amazing, man. Yeah, I uh, I saw a girl uh, the other day. She was talking about you know like small followings versus large followings, and you you said you know like somebody that maybe only has a thousand people, but they're for the, like star craving fans, you know. And it's like if you would if you would have ten thousand or if you would have a thousand people standing in front of you, not you know yeah. like behind a phone, and then if yeah. you told all of those people, hey, you know I've got this, like that's a crap load of people. And you said early in the podcast, all you have to do is get. 52 bookings a year that's 52 people or 50 or whatever yeah like out of those thousand people you might be able to fill up a whole year so i mean like yeah there's a lot of people that say absolutely do not influencers are the worst they're all trying to rip you off blah 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 but if you make it a clear contract between the two of you this is where you know you put your business hat on not your hospitable hat and make sure that there's a clear communication and like agreement between the two of you it can be massively fruitful well if you want to go a step further to this and this is something i say a lot you got to look at every single one of your guests as being an influencer because mm. every single one of your guests has got a smartphone and think about the one time that you truly share pictures online is when you're on holiday because you're showing off to your friends back at home that you're on holiday, right? On yeah. vacation, right? That's when you mostly take pictures and videos and stuff online, right? And so if you can tap into this and tap into that mindset, what I do at our property, we put our Instagram handle everywhere. Like we would put our at granary hashtag and at granary handle everywhere in, in the property and just say, Hey, share your pics online. We'd love to see your pics. We pick the best one every single month and they win a bottle of wine. Right. That's so smart. And That's so smart. People would do that like crazy. This is before Instagram was properly Instagram. This is when like Facebook was like the one mm. and we would get so many tags. We should get so many, uh, location tags. We would get so many tappings that they are at our property. And when, as soon as they post that online, because they're posting it anyway, and they do your tag, then even if I've got 20 friends, right, they want to go where their friends are going, mm -hmm. right? And we had a very Instagrammable place. It was a 200-acre farm with a 14-bedroom boutique hotel and three holiday cottages, right? We had working 
farm. It was Damn. animals. So it was Highland cows. It was baby lambs. It was sheep. It was cows. It was the whole shebang in the middle of the beautiful countryside of, of, of the North Yorkshire of England. And we knew our avatar. We knew our ideal guest to a T. We knew exactly who to market, who to market to, where to market. We, we had uh, places for the, for the older generation. So we mag- advertised in newspapers, magazines, et cetera. But for the younger generation, for the families, we knew exactly where to be and how to be and how to show up and who influences to work with, et cetera. So we knew that when a young family with two kids who live two hours away would come to stay with us and they'd put a picture up on, on, on their Facebook, tagged us in, I knew exactly where people were going because I could see it on the Facebook analytics. Our Facebook page grew to meet the most followed local business in the whole area because of just that one tactic of just asking people to, to tag us in. And there's a book called Just Ask. It's a great book, right? And mm-hmm. it's the same sort of principle. So when you go, you work on the influencer strategy. And again, I, I talked about it before. You've got to build multiple revenue and marketing streams into your business. We had influencer marketing. We had... Um, email marketing, we had paid, we had social, we had OTAs, we had our own website, we had SEO, we had all of these things going on. So if for whatever reason, one stopped working, let's just say email stopped working, or let's just say we lost our Facebook, we could tap into all these other revenue streams that we had going on. And that's Mm. what every single host needs to do. Love that. Love that. Love it. All right. Yeah, we we, we need to start wrapping up here. We don't want to take too much of your time from you. So uh, you mentioned a couple different books now. So uh, so you did Alex Hormozzi's book, which was absolutely phenomenal. I agree. One of the best marketing books that's ever been written. And then uh, you said just ask. So let's just get a third one. Let's Let's get one more. All right. So I'm going to get my books. I've got all my books here to me to my right. They, they are literally with me all the time. Beautiful. So if you, and, and again, I asked, um, I, I saw the Alex Hormozzi interview on Bigger Pockets, and I know mm-hmm. that Rob and Dave like to ask this question, give us a book. And he said, a book is different to everybody. It depends on where you are in your journey, right? Mm-hmm. So this year, the biggest book has impacted me has been Traction mm-hmm. by Gino Wickman. And the reason why it was so big to me is because we just topped 50 members of staff and I knew that there was some signs of things going like astray, creaks behind the system. And I, I read traction and it all made sense. And that mm. massively shaped our, our business. For, for people that are just getting going, building a story brand Ooh. by Donald Miller, massive. You read that book, every single movie that you ever watch will be spoiled because there's a structure <laughs> and a science behind it. And then uh, two other ones. And again, uh, Giftology uh, by John Ooh. Rulin. Really, really good book. Um, uh, Again, when everybody zigs, you zag. Very good book. And as you're starting to get a bit bigger now, so let's say you're at property number six, property number seven, and you're working a lot in the business, this one will will change the mindset forever. Who Not How, Dan Mm. Sullivan, Benjamin Hardy. So Who Not How was the the first sort of one that I read with Clockwork by Mike McCallowitz to sort of change my mindset on on sort of not trying to do everything myself. Those were Mm. big. Then Traction gives like the proper nitty-gritty of how to get to that next next level but story brand massive and again i love books um, i've always got a book on i've got um i've got a, a diary of a ceo which is mm. by stephen bartlett at the moment um and i've got a the elon musk book going on as well my wife got me back for my birthday um but yeah i'm always i, I do love a good book yeah storybook actually the first time i've heard that and that's usually i, I uh, usually book recommendations don't surprise me or catch me off guard but i've never heard of that one before and like one thing that i am not that great at you know i got a, a healthcare background i don't you know don't do much with social media and i need to get better at it just for that simple reason and uh, so i think that's a good book i like that 
Yeah, story brand is, is all about how you tell a story within your business. And it will change everything from your website copy to everything. Uh, everything that you do, it will be, it'll be because of story brand. Love that, man. Love it. All right. Uh, one last question. Uh, so like uh, we like to ask people about like previous mentors that they've had that have made like a big impact on their life. So whether it could be like, you know, professionally with Boosley or, you know, getting into the hospitality business or whatever, like who is a mentor that you've had in the past that has had, made a, a big impact on your life? So I've never really truly had a mentor as such, but mentors can come in many different ways and, and forms. Even if like you just listen to every single one of their podcasts, they will be mm -hmm. an unofficial mentor to you. So if that would be the case, Tim Ferriss would hands down mm -hmm. be the OG for me, because if it wasn't for him, I would never have truly got into this world of entrepreneurship and business. Uh, it was 2016 and I'd just gone to visit a buddy in Liverpool so I'm a big Liverpool fan, Liverpool football fan. And uh, I went to go to Liverpool to watch a game. And I stayed with this, this friend of mine who was, uh, who was getting into being an entrepreneur. And he said, oh, have you checked out Tim Ferriss? And I was like, who's this Tim Ferriss? He said, oh, dude, you would love him. Four-hour work week, it sounds a bit of you. So I downloaded his podcast on the drive back from Liverpool. It's a three-hour drive uh, from Scarborough to Liverpool. And it was that, uh, the Tim Ferriss podcast that he did with Jamie Foxx his best ever interview hands down. It was probably one of the voted his best ever interview. And it's my first ever taste of it. And I was like, wow, what is this? And, uh, I just went down the rabbit hole and six months later, Boosley was born and, and, uh, life changed. And so Tim Ferriss would be definitely the one I've gone through all of his books, podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, that's awesome. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Turner is my, my unofficial mentor. He got me started in real estate. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> love it. I'm a, um, I'm a big Hormozy guy, which you brought up a lot. Um, like, yeah, he, he is the, 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 the new gen of it. it. The way that he does it is different to most. He's redefined online coaching, ripped up the Russell Brunson click funnels model and just delivered that masterclass. I never, I never, the, the, the Russell Brunson books, I read all three of his trilogy. It did not resonate with me the way Hormozy does. I didn't feel like it worked. Dude. It didn't, it didn't feel intuitive at all. Just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. That, that live pitch that Hormozy did, I was watching and I, I like, I was like, I had goosebumps. It was like a roller coaster. It was like a masterclass in how to present something. I was like, this is going to like be in like, uh, like, you know, sales books in the future, like how well this presentation was. It was unbelievable. He's just, he's just cool. He's just cool and humble. Period. <laughs> and then it comes out and his brilliance. See, the, the, the thing about Hormozy is the things that he talks about, it's not new. It's, he's, he's a, he's a learner. So he has taken bits from every single, uh, legend of this game. Anybody puts it into his own words and mm -hmm. that is what everybody should do. They, they should take what, cause all of this isn't new. Like Russell Brunson learned it from somebody. He learned it from somebody, Dan Kennedy and all these like OGs of this space. They've all learned it from, from, from somebody. And what Hormozy does really well that maybe other people didn't resonate with Russell Brunson or whoever insert name is that he can make it sound so simple. Like yeah. really simple and at the end of the day if you can make it sound simple then people will resonate with it more and they'll take action more yeah and um yeah that's what i try and do in this game with with hospitality i'm trying to make it sound so simple so even if you're at one two three four five six seven you're like oh i can do that and then you go and do it and it gets a big result and then it's like oh now sound i want to go do yeah. more Beautiful. Love it, man. Okay. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, get a hold of you, get a hold of Boostly, they want to start their own direct booking website. So they're not having big brother breathing on their back of their neck. Yeah. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? So the best place to go is the website, uh, type in B O O S T L Y 
type that in on Google, uh, Boostly, and then put in Mark Simpson after that. And then Boostly will come up. Go to boostly.co.uk. Go check us out. Um, you'll Once you've read Story Brand and you read my website copy, you'll go, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, and then from there, you can book a call. Um, you can book a call. We can help you at prop, from property number one all the way upwards. We we, we, will, we want to grow with you. So we put our prices as, as com, like basically competitive as possible, as low as possible, so we can get you on board and get you started at property number one, even if you haven't got those funds, because our minimum buy-in is two grand. Even if you haven't got two grand, then you can go and grab the books. There's two books you can get for $2. <laughs> and mm. that's the blueprint, the book direct blueprint, and the book direct playbook. You grab those two books, you implement it yourself, and then you grow to the level when you can afford two grand, and then we'll take you on to that next level. Love that. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been the, one of our longest podcasts ever, but it was just because we were jamming and I couldn't I stop it, it, man. It was so good. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Cool, man. Uh, Yoni, anything before we get you out? I don't think he said where people can reach him. Did he? Yeah, just then boostly.co.uk. No, but, yeah, like, but, but, but is, like, is there another, like a social media way? Oh, if you want to chat on social media, Instagram, Instagram is the one. It's at Boostly UK, at B-O-O-S-T-L-Y UK. Go, go awesome. check that out and come and send us a message on Instagram. It's the only one you can send a message to if you're not following, if I'm not following you. So it's the best one. I get a lot of people send me messages on there. Yeah, he's, got, he's got a lot of funny content out there as well. So make sure you give him a follow, guys. <laughs> All go. right. Uh, been another episode of the Fetching Podcast, everybody. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Peace.